Blur, everyone. You are listening to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambers. And coming up on today's episode, I get to have a conversation with R&B artist and producer Dre Sconey, who gets to join us and, and have a real conversation about his passion for music, his, his family, his blackness, and why reconciling the relationship between black immigrants and black Americans is not as easy as it sounds. So before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, whether it's Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to good podcasts, you can find this podcast there. Also, please make sure that you subscribe and download the podcast. Check out the past seasons um, and, and provide some feedback. Please rate and review the podcast. Rate it five stars and review it. We always appreciate your feedback. Helps it become better for you. If you want to stay in touch with us, you can always follow us on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. You can follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. You can also check us out on our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast then you can also email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com so about our guest just want to give some brief background context before we get into the show you know me and Sconey go back to the days in Champagne. we have a mutual friend um and we've you know we've interacted and i've seen him you know just starting uh, performing just in front of stages and, and talent shows and now he's, you know, doing big things on, on Spotify, you know, performing in L.A. Um, and, I mean, he's somebody that's on the rise. Uh, and he's someone that's always stayed true to himself. And I've always wanted to have a conversation. One of the things that we don't do enough here that I continue to strive to do is really bring in the, the African-American perspective on transnationalism. And I know that's going to be con- something that we'll continue to do. But we have a very real conversation, Sconey and I, and, and I and I love it. You know, this is one of my favorite conversations because we are very real, very transparent, and very explicit. You know, this is one of the more explicit conversations that I've had on this show. Not too explicit, but explicit enough. Um, we put everything on the table and we just had an open conversation about being black, being black men, uh, being a black man in R&B. You know, the relationship between Africans, how they were viewed. You know, be, how African-Americans view transnationalism, going back to Africa, building a relationship with Africa and all those things. And um, I, I very much so appreciated it. And I hope that you all do as well. And, and regarding Sconey and his music, check him out on Spotify. Click on the streams, find him on SoundCloud, wherever you Google him. I mean, he has some amazing songs. One of the songs that you'll hear is to kick off this interview is his song, I'm Black, which is one of my favorite songs this year. And he's been dropping, he's been dropping two types of songs. He has one that's very, you know, um, uplifting that he drops. And he has another one that's more his R&B style. So he drops it every Friday, you know, so always be on the lookout for new songs by Dre Sconey. But you can follow him on Instagram at Dre Sconey as well. So, man, uh, I hope you all enjoy the conversation. So without any further ado, let's get to the show. Enjoy Welcome to my dad's podcast, My Black is Changed National, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Black lives matter. 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 Black l
matter cause I'm lives is my brother's lives and my sister's lives. I'ma look the devil in his eyes. Black and living with a sense of pride. Now I understand all my niggas side. You won't see no fear in my eyes cause I'm black. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational, and I got on the show today a up-and-coming Detroit's finest musician, Dre Sconey. I got him I joining me. Intro. Yeah, man, you know, um, I've crossed paths with you since the U of I days, and, you know, we got yeah. a mutual connection with my sis Lala. Time, yeah, yeah, so it's good to see you, man, and it's good to see you good prospering, to see you too, bro. bro. It's good to see you out here shining, good to man. see you as well, bro. The same, too. Yeah. Like, you still going, baby. Yeah. Stuff. Thank you. Watch Thank you, window. man. Much love. <laughs> Much love and appreciation, man. And, and I just want to let you know, you know, and I'm, I know I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the listeners, but I definitely just want to give you a shout out with all the, what you talking about keeping going, man. You've been doing your thing for a minute and you've been staying consistent, man. That consistency is powerful, man. And I just want to let you know that I admire that, man. And it's inspiring for me and what I'm doing over here with my thing. So, so thank you so much again for the opportunity uh, for me to be able to just chop it up with you. So, um, so if you can take an opportunity really quickly for those who may not know you, who may have heard your song, but didn't know who you really were. Just give you give give us a little bit of uh, who you are, where you're from. Yeah, man. All right, so brief story. I'll sum it up as much as I can. Uh, I'm originally from Detroit, but I kind of got my start in um, in uh, Chicago, Michigan. Okay. I mean, in Chicago, Illinois. In Chicago, mm-hmm. Michigan. That's how I think of it. It's the same place. <laughs> the same place. Same place. Um, but um, I got my start in Chicago and uh, uh, with uh, making a band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, from making a band, uh, I was introduced to this group called Quiet Storm, which we did some, made some noise out mm-hmm. there in uh, Chicago. Um, and then from there, you know, kind of been doing my thing solo, uh, moving around, shaking the bacon. That's how I met you. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, U of I and stuff. I was on campus for a while. Just grinding with Lala. Shout out to Isra. Yeah. Isra, she yeah. You always have my back. Always, man. Always make sure. You know, she she went hard for me. I really appreciate appreciate that from her. Honestly, that was one of the best times of being a solo artist. Just to highlight on that real quick, uh-huh. there was one time when I got booed at one of the clubs out there. Mm-hmm. They didn't know who I was, and uh, I was going on stage and I got booed going on stage. But once I got into my show, by the time I got done with my show, everybody was you know, on my side screaming for me. And it was just so impactful for me. It was, that was like one of the most memorable times I had there hmm. that I was able to kind of like, they didn't want to hear, they didn't want to hear no art. They wasn't trying to hear that, you know what I'm saying? Right. At, at first, you know what I'm saying? It was like a different vibe, but I was able to get them people to, you know, feel me and it taught me something too. So, you know, ever since then, you know, I've been in Atlanta, Miami, New York, Cali, came back to Detroit where I'm from, uh-huh. you know, just been kind of pursuing this here, you know, kind of going back to my roots, down back in, you know, the Motown vibes and, you know, my live music roots and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Getting back in um, production. Went back to school, got my bachelor's degree in audio. Congrats on that, so, bro. Thank you, bro. So, you know, I'm here now. I'm in my own studio. I got a studio that I pretty much built. And uh, just going, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I love to hear it, man. And uh, so... Then I'll ask you, just following the same track as far as as far as music is concerned. What got you into music? I mean, there's, I mean, Detroit, of course, has the history, Motown, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about music, soulful music, 
I mean, people can argue that that's that's where it is. That's where it started for people who look like us. So, but for you, what inspired you to do that and go through through the R and B side, right? Because you know, most of the time in, in our culture, it's like you either rapping or you doing some other stuff. So, what why made it what made it R and B? Well, um, I grew up in a family like everybody sings. Hmm. Uh, everybody's like musicians in it, or they sing uh, on my mom's side and my dad's side. So like my whole life has really been singing and hmm. imitating Michael Jackson. Um, so like um, I think it, I think that became my second language. You know how some people speak two languages. Mm-hmm. I just think music, you know, and um, the idea of what I you know what I can do with it became my second language. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So. Um, that's all I, I, I would say my family is probably like the number one inspiration, I would have to say. It got me started mm-hmm. um, singing and stuff in like church and, and all that. Okay. I think, you know, going to R&B is just, you know, I kind of do everything, but I think the songs that I put out that I decided to put out, it's all, you know, it's all thought out. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, paying attention to what's like out there, you know, being somewhat competitive, but not like in a bad way, but just like making sure that the music I'm putting out is, you know, timeless and current, you know, at the same time. So, you know, focusing on making good records, and that's really it. Hmm. Making feel good records, I should say. Um, so that's really where the inspiration comes from, just my family, just growing up in music and really just creating what I feel, what I think feels good, you know. So. Okay. So what, like, when you, when you, when you're in your your creative process and you out here trying mm-hmm. to manifest good stuff, like you putting some hot stuff on the on the record, like mm-hmm. when when you're in the studio, like how do you know, like in your what type of feeling do you get when you know, like yo, this you know, is a hit, like this is this is I can't this really is that explain shit. that like, one. Yeah, that, that's a good question. I can't really explain it, but you know, it's a it's a trigger in your brain, like mm. that it goes off, like it's like a light that clicks. You know. Um, and then I also like, I actually tell people this too, cause when I started realizing that I was getting like, like when it started happening for me and I started realizing that I'm, I'm on the right path, I didn't have to ask nobody no more. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Mm. People just started telling me, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I'm not saying it in an arrogant way, but it was like, that was helping me pay attention to where I was at too. Mm-hmm. You know, like people would say, oh man, that record was fired. So I'm like, okay, I need to do, I need to stay in that lane. You know, I need to Start taking keep, notes. You know, keep, you know what I'm saying? Take notes of what I, where I was at when I recorded that record. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Pay attention to how girls feel in certain ways I sing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's all about, you know, I get a sense, call and response. So, like, it's all, like, I'm definitely trying to get a reaction. It's all about emotions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm fighting for the reaction or the emotion in the song. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I'm going for. So, what do you like to do better? Do you like to sing or produce? And you can't tell me both, bro. <laughs> like, I know you do both, but what would you rather do if you ain't have a choice? Would you rather produce and be a producer, or would you rather be the one out there singing on the mic? Oh, you don't want to hear both. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you, cuz. Uh, this is the crazy thing. I feel like I'm in a place right now where, like, if my voice stopped working, Mm-hmm. I'm good enough to produce. Mm-hmm. If my hands start working, I'm good enough to sing. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. So you in that level of duality right now, bro? Where you just yeah, they I feel both. like it's 
They both won. And I feel like that's where a lot of artists got to be these days. You can't really be one thing. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, you got to bring some, a lot to the table. That's real. So now, for you, and we still talking about the R&B stuff. We going to move into the, to the deeper being black piece in a little bit. But gotcha, as far gotcha. as the music goes, what determines success for you? Like, how do you like, okay, maybe the records ain't selling, whatever, but you mentioned reaction. You mentioned, you know, people kind of telling you that, man, this is fire. But like for you, what do you, when you sit back and like, okay, man, this was a successful uh, tour, successful campaign, whatever the case may be. How do you measure success that brings satisfaction to you as a numbers. musician? Numbers. Numbers. Okay. Yeah, you got to be a businessman at the mm. end of the day. Yeah. You gotta know how to um, get your, poly, your um, analytics together. Uh, have people on your team that know what they're talking about too. I got a good team. I got like three different managers for real, and they all work together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody got a piece of knowledge that like just takes it to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so even with my, even with the knowledge that I gained being in the industry for so long, you know what I'm saying? You kind of know what to. What the folk you start learning what to focus on, I would say. But I think um, mainly it's been more so uh, just the like you got to do it for yourself too. You can't really rely on your team all the time. Like mm-hmm. you got to know this stuff is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like people, you got to know how to get your money. Like if you putting all this work, you're passing it to something, yeah. it's worth you know knowing how to get the money. A lot of people, a lot of us artists don't want to don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, we don't want to, we just want to be the artist and, you know, look good. And, but it's like, you know, learning your analytics and paying attention to, like, what your audience is and who's watching, and, you know, what crowd, um, age and stuff like that, male or female, whatever, you know, it is, you need to pay attention to that. That pretty much tells you whether or not you're going in the right direction as well. If um, you should do more of this or less of this. And then, you know, it helps you, like, you know, so you know if you're not working hard enough, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start seeing your numbers going down, stuff like that, think about it like stocks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stocks going down, your company going down. Stocks yeah. going up, company going up. Yeah. So as much as you do for your business every day, most likely your stocks going to go up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you got to look at it like that. Huh? So you looking at it like a CEO, basically. I'm trying my best to. Yeah. I say that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like that, man. I like that. So all right, we going we gonna to slowly transition now. And I'm thinking about just the idea, you being in R&B, when you mentioned, you know, that when you go up to, to the stage and people already booing you and you just like, man, they ain't trying to hit no R&B cap, man. Like, is that something that you've been dealing with for a long time? Like, why is it that people, when they see a brother out here who they don't know that ain't Usher or Trey songs or whatever, and you trying to come up here and do your thing, and they already booing you. Like, why do they have that assumption everybody, already? Everybody gangster now. Mm. It's the thing about our culture. Speaking of being black, mm-hmm. it's the thing about our culture where sometimes, I ain't going to say even sometimes, I feel like the majority of the time, we feel like we got to be on the defense. Mm-hmm. And that's one of our defenses. We don't let nobody put us in an environment or a feeling. Mm. It's uncomfortable mm. with our defense. You know what I'm saying? Or uncomfortable with us. So even for like certain certain people, like they don't like feeling soft. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't want to feel soft. They just don't. They don't rock with it. Mm-hmm. They want to be hard all the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, R&B nigga walk in like, no, 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 not this. 
You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> Especially from their mind. Right. What R&B is, you know what I'm saying? They prejudgment. You know, we all do it. But a lot of people don't be ready, you know. They don't be wanting to go down that lane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What they think it's going to be, you know. It's almost like getting on a roller coaster. If you ain't never been on it before. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people going to be excited. Some people going to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it takes for them to, like, actually get on it. To know if they rock with it or not. You know what yeah, I mean? exactly. Bruh. So, you know it's that's real because for me, I love R and B. I love R and B more than I love rap, right? And you know, it's always this been is a generational thing too. Bro. It has so, to so. be because growing up, man, like I'm I'm the biggest Usher fan that I know, and I've always but secretly. The truth is, secretly, Artie's Artie. Everybody love R and B, bro. Oh God, let's not even flex, bro. Let's keep it a keep it a bean. A lot of my gangster homies be coming up to me like, man, I just got some one of your songs, <laughs> Keep it a bean, bro. Keep it a bean, bro. You know they do, G. Like, that's yeah, the thing. They, the flex is real. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll flex on y'all and, and make it seem like when, when you out here singing a live performance, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You'd be like, man, we exactly. ain't trying to hear homeboy, man. He out here coming I mean, out here with this. Know, and, 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 and you know what's crazy? I think a lot of people from my city respect me. A lot of guys they respect mm-hmm. me in that on that end because when I'm when I'm on stage, I'm clear about it. You know what I'm saying? You got your girl. If I see you with your girl, I ain't gonna disrespect you with your girl. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't for the single ladies, the lonely girl. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? All that type of real respectful. You know what I'm saying? I keep a gentleman like, and I think that's another thing that's missing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still from Detroit. You know, can't help it. But, yeah, you know, I was raised a, a gentleman at the same time, so. It's a good balance, I say. True. So I try not to like, try not to be, you know. But bro, we gonna have to, we gonna have to, like I said, now we about to get into some real deep shit, right? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things growing up as a shorty, and I know you know about this, especially is that R&B shit was for like light-skinned niggas. And, (laughs) you know, but then when you, but right, for light-skinned dudes and pimps, right? But then... You know, you could be gangster as hell, but you had to be like dark. It was okay for dark skinned dudes, but then like you see a light skinned dude that's trying to rap like Drake, and then it's like you got clown unless you got major that's bars, true. right? Like so, that's there's true. that colorism. That colorism it shit is, is real, my it, dude. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy, it's right? It's okay, like a dark skinned dude singing. And people definitely have the impression that just because I'm an R&B singer that I'm soft. Soft, exactly, right? That masculinity piece, bro. Like, yeah. then, then, it, then it gets to that whole point where it's like, you're a light-skinned Elder Barge type of dude. That means you mm-hmm. soft. And that means you all you're trying to do is, you know, then, then all you're trying to do is get girls and you got to be pritzy. And and that hey. p- plays a major role yeah. in our black community, dog. Well, a lot of people don't know Elder Barge is gangster. When nobody play with it, too. <laughs> that, that's... That's the part that a lot of us don't want to talk about in the black community right. is the colorism and what comes with it, right? How we view our black men who do R&B compared to how we accept our black men that want to be on some gangster rapper, uh, hip hop rapping type of vibe. Right. Why is that? Like your experience growing up as a young black man, like what were some of the things that you noticed? Like how... How well into your blackness were you aware of as you were growing up in Detroit? Uh, to, uh, to the point where it was almost like a double life. Mm. A lot of my friends didn't know I was a singer and that I did music like that. That was in the streets with them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I went to church and did music. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
when I came home, you know, I was on the block, I was, you know, I was on the block. I was yeah. in the streets, I was speaking and playing basketball, I was doing what I did with my friends. Yeah. There was a few times I did some things at school, but people just thought I was doing it for fun. Right. They didn't really know how deep it was. But I was in so deep, but I was just always nervous to be a church musician or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want nobody thinking I was soft. Mm-hmm. basically you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying growing up because i always felt like i had to defend myself mm-hmm. a lot of people, i got the light eyes you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like, mm-hmm. everybody used to mess with me a little bit you know what i'm saying picked on me so like i had to defend myself a lot growing up so i was one of those people that learned how to fight mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but it's different nowadays you know what i'm saying there's less to, you know less to worry about when i'm not in but like it still happens even when like you know even when i'm speaking on like you know respecting you know, the boundaries on stage and stuff. Sometimes even if you know, a girl is with that guy and she just happens to love my music, yeah, you can just see it on that on her guy's face. He don't like it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's just like it's like he think I'm trying to like his intentions and his his mind is just not strong enough for the fact that she just like my music. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond that. You know what I'm saying? Even sometimes with the women it goes beyond that. But you know, like sometimes for me, like it's really just about the music, mm-hmm. and I'm really appreciative of the fact that somebody would stop me in the mall and say, "Hey, focus on my music." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. I don't think you know a lot of people are aware of. Like they just on guard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you 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 put the song out. I'm black. Why why did you make that song? Mm. Man, that's deep. Um, I got the feature over here with me too, my boy Jay Bradder. Oh, what's good, bro? How you living? Living good, good, man. How about you? Appreciate it, man. I'm living, taking it one day at a time, my guy. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. So he on song with me, but um, y'all should help me write the song. I'll produce the um track. That's dope. The conversation we basically had was. I wanted it to be fun, but I wanted it to be political. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wanted to get the message across, but I didn't want to bore people. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I just felt like it was a few things that, like, sometimes as an artist that, you know, you can get caught up in, you know, venting a lot in the social media and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'm trying to, like, change, you know, doing stuff like that and putting it more into my music. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, like, how I feel, I'm gonna say it in my lyrics. So mm-hmm. my, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of stuff that made me mad on TV, you know what I'm saying? Anything, police brutality, like racist people, anything like that, that is, you know, I'm gonna start putting that. If I get an emotion out of it, that emotion is gonna go into my music. For now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that was basically what that was. It was a response to what was going on in the world mm. at the time, from the George Floyd to everything that was going on, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, even before that, it was built up attention for everybody across the world. I know it ain't just me. Yeah. So I think, you know, it was just my expression of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it came out. And then my, my boy, Jerry Beretta, he helped me write it and uh, just get it out the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's a powerful thing. I still feel like a pimp. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to become like a pimp. Yeah. But you still talking your truth. You still yeah. talking your truth in the middle of the whole thing, man. And y'all still, and y'all still might, 
Don't get mad at me. Did y'all still might see me with a white girl. You know what I'm saying? Don't get mad at me. You know? It don't matter. You know, it, sh- it shouldn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man. No, but I don't discriminate. You know, I, you I, I love my, I love, I love the black queens. I love the Spanish queens. My daughter's half Puerto Rican. Um, okay. So, like, you know, I don't discriminate. It's love, and if we're gonna be an example of love, we gotta show you it. You gotta show it, bro. You gotta, you gotta be able to be inclusive in all regards. The whole yeah, point, we, you know. If we want it. If we want it, how are we gonna get it? If we ain't giving. We don't show it. Now, you know, the thing about it is that, again, you know, people try to make a case, black man out here chasing, you know, not doing this and not doing that, bro. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, man, like, we looking for our respect. We looking for, you know, equality and equity and justice. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to now hate another group in yeah, order to Sometimes it elevate. don't even be that deep. A lot of times I don't think people think initially, oh, this girl or this dude white or they black. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they initially think about that. Sometimes when you're attracted to somebody, you just attract to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you just go for the gut stuff. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. You know? And then what happens, happens. And that's the, the, the real truth behind it all. I don't think people out here just like, oh, I'm going to mess with a white girl. Oh, I'm going yeah. to mess with a white guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's really like that. You know? I just, you know, and maybe it is too. You know? I ain't going to take away from that. Mm-hmm. But, I think in most cases when you see people like really having families and stuff and you know all of that stuff man whether it be you know black women too you know sometimes you they they starting to discriminate on black women dating outside their race too yeah and like one thing that's that is important for women is to feel safe facts and you got to respect any woman where they feel safe at. Mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. And if they feel safe in that where that man is, I mean he did something to make that woman feel safe. So you gotta respect that. Vice versa, you know. My 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 child's uh, mother is um Puerto Rican. And so like, you know, you know, things didn't work out. But I wish, you know, in some cases in earlier times, I wish I would have had more trust, you know what I'm saying? And not sometimes I feel like Prejudgment happens because of how you're raised or where you come from and stuff like that. They don't right. really trust your intentions. Right. You know what I'm so I just wish that it wasn't on me. You know what I'm saying? Stuff yeah. like that. So speaking of prejudgment, bro, I'm going to ask you this question since this is pr- what we talk about on my Black is Transnational. We always talk about issues related to the black community. And funny enough, you are the first African-American musician that I got on this show. So I, I got, I, yeah, yeah, the first one. Um, so it's I, it's important for me to get your perspective on your experience dealing with an African immigrant. Like when was the first time you actually interacted with someone from Nigeria, Ghana, or, you know, um, uh, Ethiopia, wherever? Like what was your experience growing up in Detroit about Africans? Not black Americans, but Africans. <laughs> In Detroit, I'm not gonna lie to you. Growing up in school, mm-hmm. like like you know, interactions with like friendly schools are always cool, mm-hmm. nothing. But outside of school, like in the real world, in Detroit, for instance, I'm just gonna keep it a hundred. Keep it a hundred. Yeah, um, it was it was segregated. Yeah, I think now it's it's not like that. Mm. Um, but back then, when I was growing up, it was a lot more segregated to where you know. It almost feel like Africans didn't really mess with the American black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And so, um, and I grew up, you know, I had an uncle that dealt with a lot of issues working for, um, working for him. He got taken advantage of a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm not saying that's everybody. You know, yeah. Everything in that situation because I have, I've had a Nigerian friend that I was going to bring up that I uh, met in college that one of the coolest people in the world that I ever met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, ever. Like, he helped me on my school projects. It's like his, just his personality, just him watching my back. Like, we was like brothers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I had a different experience than what my uncle had. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it's just growing up in Detroit, like, I always felt like there was a barrier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I even my, even my boy, his name is Zell Money on uh, Instagram. Even me and him talked about that, you know? About, like, you know, how it feels like sometimes it's a barrier. I mean, you know how people feel about America. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. But, you know, um, but I think real recognize real in all aspects. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. why me and him was friends in school. Because it wasn't, you know, you put up, you put that type of stuff in the way it, it will get in the way. But it wasn't that type of ordeal. Everybody, especially in those musical vibes, we all be so focused on music and so creative that that's not even that's the last thing on your mind mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying where's somebody from mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it's more about what can you do right what can you like how talented are you you know what I'm saying yeah not where you're from but then if you express where you're from through your talent that's even better so mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying if you're doing music from over there I'm doing music from over there and like I'm gonna be the best at it it's gonna like just be like magical you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. fusing that together and that's what we was able to do in school we was able to do, bring our minds together Mm-hmm. go crazy so you know I've had that experience too so like I know like now it's not like how I used to know how you know what my uncle went through growing up but yeah. you know I always heard like horror story man <laughs> you know that's that's real bro and that's the type of this, that's the type of realness I appreciate because you know that that type of tension that you that you said that you talked about growing up is something that a lot of us are still trying to you know, recognize and, and deal with, you know, mm-hmm. and um, trying to find a way to be able to break down that barrier to be able to create a little bit more unity. And you mentioned the music has right. always, the music always been an escape. You know what I'm saying? Now yeah, you see it. brought a lot of people together. You bro. see it. It's happening right now, bro. You see it mm-hmm. happening with the Afro beats and you see how all these artists are now featured on they're all starting these. To be they start, known in America now. Exactly. It's right? Crazy, you, right? They starting to collab, right? You seeing it. You I mean, Drake, WizKid, you seen all these yeah. little, these little um, um, collaborations that are happening between African musicians and African American artists, and, and it, it even it even feels more welcoming. It even feels like you know Africa wants us to come over there. Now you now you go into my next question, man. What is your thought about Africa? What's your thought about the concept of even going back to Africa? The thing about it for me, I think if I was to do something like that, I have to be able to take my whole family. Right. That's the only way I could do it if I'm gonna like go. But it ain't about moving, bro. It's just about going there and visiting first, right? Like, what would you go Even and still. visit? Even still, like, huh? Still. Yeah, like, I got to be able to take my whole family. Mm, why? Because to me, now it's more about, like, learning where we came from. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Understanding where we're going. So, like, my, my little sister, she did um, the Ancestry.com. Basically, uh, me and her have the same mother and father, so mm-hmm. I'm sure it's pretty close. But, like, um, her zone went back to like Madagascar and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, Nigeria as well. 
So just to know that, you know, we have some of those roots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would really want to dig deep into that. You know what I'm saying? I would, and if I'm going to have a place, home over there or invest over there, I would want to do it with my family. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, that's what would make sense to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it with strangers. You know, like, I would still want to do it with my family. If I'm going to enlighten myself, I'm not going to just leave everybody else. So like what it, what would that mean? But what would that mean for you to be able to bring your whole family? You said it's the man, history. Man, if I can actually do that, that would mean the world to me. You know what I'm saying? Like if I was in a position where I could do that, like I'd be like pulling the acorn in a sense. You know, mm, that's <laughs> like, facts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if I could do that, man. Like of course, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even hesitate on something like that. You know, like especially you know, like I don't like hate America. I love America. You know, I'm gonna get that yeah. clear right now. Yeah. You know. But at the same time, it, it is a it's, it's a possibility that it's, it's it's a better way to live, and I don't think everybody's open to that. Bro, it ain't even about America. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. It's about us. You feel mm-hmm. me? It's just about us figuring out who we are, what happened to us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, you gotta think about this too. Not saying we can't do it again, mm-hmm. but we put all this work in. You know what I'm saying? Never really should be left either. You know what I'm saying? But if we, mm. and then the real reason I would want to go back home to Africa is to know what was really ours and what mm-hmm. we really did. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, like, and I feel like, if I'm going to be real, I feel like it's never really going to be any real re- reconciliation for that. Mm. Because the transatlantic slaves don't know where they came from, bro. Yeah. They don't really, you say West Africa, but past that, and that's where black history wants to stop. Mm-hmm. So, like the slaves don't really know what tribes they came from, or where they, what land they were really taken from, what pieces they mm-hmm. were, like where they can go find their last names and their families and their mm-hmm. heritage. You don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At least to our knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of reconciliation that really can't be made. So, um, I think that would be ha- the reason why I feel like it can't be because nobody wants to face it whatever the real truth is that you know probably out there somewhere. yeah but what if i put what if i put it to you this way bro what if i said you know what man that history stuff we understand that has been lost mm-hmm. in the sea right mm-hmm. it's just been lost in the sea on a, based on a transatlantic slave trade it was lost mm-hmm. on, on the sea at sea but you have an opportunity now to be able to create history for your successors by being able to re you know what I'm saying? Reconnect. And it doesn't have to be the country your ancestors came from, per se. But what if I was right. like, yo, pick a country. Pick any country in Africa and say, you know what? I'm finna make this my home because black immigrants do the same thing with the United States. They're like, you know what? We finna go here. We finna plant our flag. And we finna call this our if, second if, home. If, if, I'll say this. But it's a reason why every a million people immigrated to the United States. Mm. And so financially and for my family mm-hmm. and for the reason why a lot of men live that would have to make sense mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like if i'm gonna go back to africa it gotta make sense for me and my family yeah. it's not just gonna be something that's just gonna be a dream to do yeah. you know i can't you know like i can do that with music you know what i'm saying yeah you know, i couldn't do that with, you know just to, just off the um, comfort of being back home yeah it would have to be it would have to be progressive now if yeah. it's progressive like that yes it's progressive how how, how America, America has been progressive, mm-hmm. and you know people are gonna have our back and, and stuff like that. 
And I know, you know, we might have to even have our own, like, of course, military. Like, things just got to be right. It's so yeah. much chaos. Yeah. You know, just the, the idea of that being a, a real thing, is, it seems so far away. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Man. It seems so far away. That's so that's so crazy. And I, and I love this. I love this a lot because you bring a different perspective that I think a lot of, a lot of the listeners haven't necessarily heard, but it's real because mm-hmm. many of them, especially those who have been former guests, are speaking from a a black immigrant or at least have a lot of close ties to the black immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's easy to just be like, yeah, man, you know, go back to the crib, man. It's open. You got people yeah, who look exactly. like you. Like, I could talk about Detroit like that. Exactly. Yeah, you good here? Come on. Yeah, you come through. Saying? Exactly. Exactly. You got a place to stay, you Gucci. Like, mm-hmm. we know the we know the land. But anybody else looking at Detroit, I'm going to tell you something. I used to be embarrassed in Detroit. I used to tell people I was from Detroit. They be like, you living? Like, you alive? how you survive? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. like, Detroit ain't always had the best image. It's popular now. Yeah. But, like, I used to be scared to tell people I was from Detroit because people looked at Detroit so bad. Yeah. Nobody wanted to come to Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if I would have told people, yeah, yeah, you good, they wasn't going to believe me. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the same way we probably are right now. But, that's... you know, but you see Detroit Detroit has progressed. The artists, the, the, the culture of it, everything is progressing. So now people want to come here. So that's what I would have to see. Bro. You know what I'm saying? The progression. Bro, you're you speaking... You're speaking of... You speaking a very powerful metaphor, and you don't even know it, bro. Because that's exactly the same way that mm-hmm. I feel when I tell people, "Yo, like let's 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 go back to the crib, go back to Africa." It don't look the way like you know how minds be like, "Yo, mm-hmm. man, Detroit hella bankrupt, man. The city just got bankrupt, shit broke as hell." Right, everybody, right, right. And all, everybody knows right. eight, eight mile road, and you know, like that's all they talk about, right? Like don't even talk about the lions, the tigers, even the sports team. But like, right. as an African from Nigeria and from West Africa, for me, it's like, man. What you see on TV ain't what it really is. Like, ain't no huts and lions. Like, it's real. No, I mean, I, really I know, that. I know you yeah, don't I believe. Mean, it. I know what you're saying. Though. Yeah, you I know mean, what I'm saying. Like, the, the the perspective is like, yo, it's hella dirt poor. And don't get me wrong, it's a developing nation. But the key word is developing, right? Like, it's progressing. And there are lots of things that are holding us back from being able to get there. But over time, you starting to see that it's making some level of progression. Is mm-hmm. there still is there still some political, you know, issues? Are there still some corruptions that need to be dealt with? Sure, but like even here in America, everybody got their sophisticated way of being corrupt. So I think you speak on something that is is really consistent that I think a lot of other African Americans want to see, which is how can I gain trust to be able to really go back? Right? We were taken from there. So how do I need to gain the trust? to be able to go back to where we were taken from. Mm. And this is my final question for you. What do you think can be done to gain that trust from African for, from African Americans to be able to go back home? You said progression, but what else? Like what do I what do I got to do to gain your trust to come with me to Africa? I'll break it down like that. I mean, on a personal level, mm-hmm. I'll say it like that. I'll explain it in two different ways. On a personal level and then like a mass level. Okay. On a personal level, I feel like, you know, I ain't jumping and going anywhere unless I really get to know that person and that person becomes family to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No offense, I'm just being no, no, yeah, like, yeah. I'm just like big on a family thing. Yeah. Um, yeah Israel know that, you know, and like 
I'm I'm so deep with the family stuff that like even I got I got to be cool with her father just out of respect type stuff you know just like yes. it's deep like that but like and then on the mass level I feel like um, it's so many tales and stories and uh, maybe even fables and just of what happened and how we ended there how we got there mm-hmm. and how it was done I think it ought to be a conversation about that I think mm-hmm. there ought to be um, explanation. The mm-hmm. truth behind. I think if that was just just spark up, that would spark a lot of people's interest. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something that can really be done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many mountains and volcanoes you would shake up mm-hmm. in the midst of something doing something like that on a mass level. Mm-hmm. But that, maybe that's just me thinking that it's some type of conspiracy too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, but it's by us not knowing. And that's just maybe me, you know what I'm saying, not knowing. I always wonder what the truth is. Well, like, like if that's where we're from, how do we end up, you know what I'm saying, how do we end up here? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Help us understand the truth, I guess. You know what I'm saying? And then even, like, um, I, think, I think that's what it is. I'm going to speak for myself and a few of my brothers that we had this conversation. I think sometimes the loss of identity um, is the reason why a lot of us create them. Mm. You know, know, we don't really know who you are. So a lot of us, like, I'm going to be the man in my family that takes care of the whole family from Mm. this generation. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? And, like, you got to be a certain type of character to be in that place. But, like, uh, you don't really always think about where you're from. You think about what you got to do, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, right now. And with your obstacles and how you face them and how you get through them. And um, just, it's just, you know, it's not there. It's so far from us that we have to create it. We have to make ourselves important, make ourselves bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, blend in, you know, it's deep here. Everybody know how deep it is for a black man in America. Okay. And we ain't got to complain about it tonight. Exactly. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's really deep and, and, it, and it's funny to some we joke about it because that's, that's how we live I was watching Chappelle yesterday mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of us you know even with me we playing ball you know what I'm saying are we rappers are we singers mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying or something like that man. it's a very seldom percent that's you know doing but it's just a very it's the, 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 the equations of it is just off mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like it's not balanced. There's not a lot out here for it. It seems like it's not a lot of opportunity out here. Yeah. Well, and everybody knows why. Yeah. And it's just for it to keep happening. You know what I'm saying? Even here, if there was a real escape and a, a real we got y'all back, you don't think people will hear it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I think. Yeah. Sometimes people are missing, like, people are damaged. You know what I'm saying? We ain't trying to hear that. Promise you, we want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, a lot of people come here, they get money, they get to start businesses. I'm driving through my neighborhood the, the other day. I see all different last names that don't sound like mine. Mm. Different languages that I don't speak. Mm. You see what I'm saying? All through my neighborhood, in the hood. Mm. But they sell them to us. Mm-hmm. We feed their families. But we barely feed none. And so, 
I had to get so deep. No, that's this is what, really, this, this what really we this what we trying it. to get, Dre. This what we trying you know to get, bro. This what we at. That's how I really that's how I really think about it. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't really even. I don't, I don't feel like I'm nobody to say nothing for real. But if if somebody like if you ask me if somebody's gonna do something, it had to be big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It had to it had to be big. You can't just say. Can't make it sound like no fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Too many, it's been too many of those. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's gonna have to be legit because we've been we've been surviving over here. Yeah. And they've been trying to kill us, hangings. Yeah. And we've been surviving. Yeah. We obviously we can't. We all can't get back over there where yeah. we came. Yeah. Not on our own. We we congregated enough to do that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We ain't assembled enough to do that. Yeah. And the reason why we're not assembled because. Everybody fighting for their life. Everybody fighting for their who they are and their mm-hmm. identity and what they're gonna do for their families. How they gonna feed them? How they gonna get against fight against oppression? Who they're gonna disguise themselves as? In a sense, mm-hmm. or if they're not gonna disguise themselves, and they're gonna fight through it anyway. Just all the, the, the mentality of that person is just different. You know what I'm saying? Like, seem good. Like, not even trying to be funny. Coming to America, mm-hmm. right? I ain't trying to be funny. That's how we look at Africa, too. We look at it like the richest people, too. You see what I'm saying? They ain't came over here for us. Like, <laughs> we keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? Those rich Africans, when they come over here, just as bougie as the white people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bro, that, speak, that, speaks, to a, that speaks to a realness, though. I mean, th- those <laughs> things, what you see on, that, on, on the TV is, regardless of how fictional they want to make it, bro, there's truth yeah. to that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It. There's truth to it, bro. Well, you know it's true. You know it's true. Even 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 my uh, Nigerian homeboy. You know what I'm saying? He's telling me where he's from. Like I don't, I can't tell you verbatim, but mm-hmm. like when he was explaining to me, he, he come from a good family and a good place. And mm-hmm. He's good. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's not like that for us. Yeah. I mean, bro, and that's that's the real disconnect. Yeah. And bro, think about it, bro. Like I I have conversations with other homies. You know. um, when we talk about it, and I tell people, when you look at Black Panther, the movie Black Panther, bro, if you ever really watch it, you watch it multiple times, man, we think about that idea of Wakanda, right? And Wakanda being the city of, of, of well-advanced black I'm people. And he made me realize I'm over here talking like Killmonger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, that's facts. But that's true, right? And think about what Killmonger's story. Let's get to Killmonger's story, bro. His dad was from Wakanda. He actually did me before one of my songs. A word? That's what's up. Man, but, you know, speaking about Killmonger, man, just the, that whole story, bro, about his dad trying to reach out to back home in Wakanda telling them to come help these people, right? And you you just mentioned the whole idea. That's like, yo, there are lots of people damaged. Yeah, so they even depicting it in movies because I'm obviously not the same only person that feels that way. There you go. There you go, bro. I mean, and every, like, let me not make it seem like us American black people don't have our the way we look too, you know. Mm-hmm. And our depiction is what mm-hmm. just like I was talking about Detroit. So, you know, people just automatically scared of us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? In yeah. most cases, yeah. You know, yeah. And I don't even look scary, and you know? I'm just <laughs> like. <laughs> but that's the thing. There's assumptions that is made about. There's like assumptions. Like we pit bulls or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's assumptions made, bro. There's there's like little assumptions that are made about African Americans. You see a young African American man. And whether you, you know, white, you you from another place, you already think like this person a criminal. And that's the problem, right? Because however mm-hmm. black people have been using music in all types of different medias to express themselves and express the injustice has been done to them, 
it's been spun to be able to be perceived as aggression as some form of violence expression and then when you're when you're an r&b singer singing about all these other things now you just an over sexual last month you know what i mean now you just you know what i'm saying now you are now you damned if you do damned if you don't right and that's like you said we're not gonna complain about it today but that's the plight that's the plight of a black man regardless of whatever direction you're trying to take you're not gonna win and because it wasn't meant for you to win you know what i'm saying it's meant for you to submit is meant for you to to put your head down. Either you grind till you die, or you just die. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's yeah, so many other things, man. But we you know we gonna we gonna save that for another time. We chop it up. But I wanna just ask you before we leave, especially with the music, with all things considered, as a man, as a father, you know, as a musician, producer, what you want your legacy to be for yourself and for your people, man? I just want I want my music and my um, drive, my, um, unwillingness to stop, like. My, my pursuit of happiness, in mm-hmm. a sense, um, and the, and, the, and I guess the seeking of knowledge, like that, all is a part of it. I'm just putting it all out there. Uh, it's one thing, but it's like that pursuit and seeking knowledge and just everything you got to do to do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Don't sell your soul. You know what I'm saying, of course. But it's if it's in your capability to do it, do it. That's what one. The biggest thing I'm trying to teach my daughter. Mm. You want to do something, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? You really just got to study. You got to practice it. You got to learn it. You got to own it. Mm. But you can do it. Whatever you decide to do, just make a decision and do it. And I, I guess, until you, even in that, you got to commit. So, like, like, even the pursuit is not giving up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's the real thing. Of like, not, and not giving up, you learn it. You progressing. You see what I'm saying? still going and i guess that's the kind of character i want everybody to remember me man bro well first i just want to thank you for taking the time to chop it up with me man dre sconey everyone is there any any way finding me you know what i'm saying wait how 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 talk about how how uh how how can people reach reach you find you man i know we can we can google you and search you on spotify and itunes for sure but people want to get in touch with you on social media or email you or whatnot how do you want people to get in touch with you bro i'm pretty much on instagram that's the only place i go to for real i'm trying to get into this tiktok a little bit more. Uh, Good luck. <laughs> Good luck like, on I'm that, just, You know, I can dance, but I'm just not a dancer. <laughs> nigga. That's all. It's, it's just two different things. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I, you know, I, I dance. I ain't gonna lie. I dance on some, like, random shit, like, when I'm higher or whatever, when I'm kicking in, you know, whatever. Yeah, but them but TikTok really, dances is different, bro. Yeah, even in that, like, I ain't about to just go full, brown, full Chris Brown on y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a little smooth. You know what I'm saying? Don't be a little smooth, but you know, you can find me on IG. Um, I do got a website, joystoney.com as well, for all the basics if you just want to get everything. But uh, you can find me on IG, uh, of course, YouTube. Please run up the streams for me. That's the only way us artists get paid these days. So, whatever y'all can do to run up the streams on you know, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Title, wherever y'all are, YouTube, whatever, it all counts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tapping the in the links in the bio. I know y'all tired of seeing that hashtag, but hit the link in the bio. All right, look out for all these artists out here working hard because you know what I'm saying it's really just a dream until somebody click your link. Mm. Think about it like that. Mm. That's where. So that's where, man. I, I think click the link in the bio and stop playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stop playing, man. Stop playing with your boy Dre Scones. Some of these dreams is real. Yeah. And it might help you. Yo, that's that's real. That's real, man. Um again, bro, thank you so much. Dre Sconey, everyone, man. Really appreciate you and the knowledge and the conversation that we just had, man. Um, I, I wish you nothing but great success, man. I, I, like I said, I'm super excited for you and everything that's to come. You know, we definitely going to continue to promote the link and, and make sure everybody click the link and stop playing, man. So, yeah, hey, I appreciate that. Yeah. Check out that I'm Black. Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you all about this real quick before we go. So okay. I really want to explain this and this it. All right. So the projects and the music that I'm dropping right now, Focus on the music. Okay. It's serious, all right? It's a Dre side and it's a Scony side. Got you. So the Dre side is going to be more like the um, black records, you know, real, like, political and uh, emotional and stuff like that. And the mm-hmm. Scony side is going to be more like trap side, you know, more seductive and stuff like that. Gotcha. So every week we're dropping records, so you're going to get a play off of those two. So mm-hmm. we just dropped Scandalous the first week. I'm black the second week. So first week was Scony. I'm black with Dre, which is directly we're gonna play today. And then next week we're going back to Scony. Or this tomorrow we're going back to Scony. And then okay. next week we're back to Dre. So so fun and so on. So just keep a lookout for that. Okay. And I hope y'all enjoy it. So new song dropping tomorrow? Or, or Friday? All right. Every Friday. Every yeah. Friday. Yo, so stay tuned for that, man. We're looking forward to yeah. Very excited about what you got going on, man. More success to you, bro. Much love again and thank you so much, bro. Trace Scully, Appreciate man. You, bro. Appreciate you, man. No Peace doubt. Me, bro. So that's going to do it for this episode of My Black is Transnational. We'd like to thank Dre Sconey for jumping on the show and blessing us with some wisdom, blessing us with some knowledge, some insight, and his music. Um, please continue to support his music. Dre, we, you know, we, we got love for you, and uh, we wish you the best in all that you're doing. We keep supporting your music, keep clicking on them streams, and uh, keep keep dropping the music, man. We, we want to see you thrive and get those, get those numbers up all the way, because you deserve it. If you like what you hear, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and download and review and rate the podcast if you like what you hear we really appreciate the feedback please make sure to follow us the black transnational podcast or follow me the host at black transnational underscore so until next time we'll talk again soon my name is dr kalachi bay lamberts my black is transnational and i hope by the end of this yours will be too peace